Coming up on this episode of the Spiro podcast. Um, mm. Us as creators being attached to the product, it's different because we think only we can create it. And this is going to sound terrible, but I don't care how good you are. Someone else can create that. Welcome to the Spiro podcast, managing your real estate photography and videography business with your hosts, Todd Kivimaki and Craig Magro. Hi, and welcome to the Spiro Podcast, managing your real estate photography and videography business. Spiro is a software platform designed to help you really manage your day-to-day -day business, help you grow, help you scale, and uh, just bring a lot of uh, efficient tools to you to benefit your business and your clients. I'm Craig Magram. I am the host of the Spiro Podcast, and along with me each and every week, uh, our Spiro uh, owner and, and founder and co-host of the podcast, Todd Kivimaki. It's uh, finally starting to feel a little bit like fall outside here in Northwest Ohio. It is, Craig, officially, yes. It's good to be on today with all of you. And you, you know what? I So the guys, in, so we're in this dad's group at church, and they do a fantasy football league. So all of you <laughs> fantasy football leaguers out there. So I realized yesterday was Thursday. We record this Friday morning. I, re, I realized there was a football game on last night. All of a sudden, my phone was blown up. I had like 23 messages missed. And I'm just like, oh, so, you know, the guys are talking about football. I don't really care for football. Hopefully, I don't offend any of you for that. Um, for for our international listeners, this is football Americano. This is American <laughs> football, not the real football with your foot. Right. But I'm like, oh, I guess we're playing football. Somebody's playing football. Hope I better check my lineup. And then we use the ESPN app. So I go to search for ESPN. But for some reason, ESPN doesn't call their app ESPN. They call it fantasy. So I was a whole what? bunch of on the struggle bus last night. I couldn't even find the app where my lineup was at. <laughs> Luckily, I had lineups were set. But anyways, uh, welcome to fall. It's football time here in America. Yeah. And I am really excited. <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> I I like watching football, but usually just Ohio State. And I don't pay any attention to the pros. Sorry, guys. Anyway. All right. Well, let's dive into things, uh, Todd. We got a few things we want to talk about before we dive into our main topic, which was a listener suggested topic this week. We uh, we appreciate you, uh, Cam, for uh, giving us this idea to talk about. But uh, Todd, let's let's start with uh, updates on the software. What's going on with Spiro these days? Yes, I was trying just to set a clock here to do one minute, but it'll take me more than one minute to get to it. So really quick, guys, uh, you all, there's a lot of you that asked for this. So on pay before download, which we've had forever, you want your clients to see a preview of your images. Uh, no problem. It's done now. If you use pay before download, your clients will see a preview of your images and they will be watermarked. Um, water cart, watermarked across the image. They can view them. They can even enlarge them. Those watermarks are there for a purpose. So that is in the system now. They pay for it. Watermarks go away. Pretty cool stuff. Along awesome. with that, we built we built the library to add branding. So we put the watermark on. It uses the same library. We built it a little bit bigger. So now when your clients download photos, they can add branding. They can upload their logo. Uh, they can put it on the left, the center, or the right, big, medium, or small. Also, this gives you an opportunity to upsell them. You could do design services. This is what we're going to do at WOW. We're going to offer a lower third branding package where we'll create, uh, Tessa, our designer, will create a lower third branding graphic, you know, their head cut out, headshot, and then all their graphics at the bottom. 
we'll give it to them. They can upload it and then they can add that branding on any listing we do. So nice. that is in there. We have new client login options. We've modified it a little bit. So you will come to the login screen to your order page and clients can either log in with a pin, no passwords, we make it simple. They can either create an account. So we'll get their information right there. That's new that we collect their information. So you users, uh, you uh, people that are using uh, Spiro already, you have a new email template that you can send to them to welcome them into your system. Uh, the third option for login is just see pricing. So Mark Shipley, thank you for this suggestion. He's like, I have people that come to my order page and they just want to see the prices. I'm like, yes, they definitely do. So we set hmm. see pricing button, boom, it goes away. And then they can see your pricing. They could continue to place an order. They would log in later. So great um, suggestion. Lastly, yeah, last, thank you, Mark, for that. Lastly, we have a referral program, y'all. Some of you are using it. Um, if you know someone or if you post in, in the Facebook groups or wherever else the other, uh, you know, other real estate photographers are at, use your referral code. They get 30 bucks credit in their account and you then get 10% credit of anything they spend forever added back to your account to use. So use it for free. Nice. Referral a few people, use it for free. So don't forget that's in there as well. Very cool. Some great updates. And uh, yeah, we, we love hearing the, the ideas uh, from you, our, our listeners, for the software. So keep those coming. All right. Uh, PMRE coming up very quickly. We're getting closer. Um, that is it coming is. up. The first, uh, let's see, what is it? The 8th and 9th of November? I That's the it second. Is? The 8th and 9th. Yeah, you're right, Craig. That's the 8th yeah. and 9th in November in Las Vegas. Um, they have their speaker lineup posted now. So if you want to go and see who's speaking, you can see that at pmreconference.com. If you want to book a ticket, uh, they have in-person and also virtual tickets. Just send me an email. I have a coupon code for you to use that will take $50 off your order. Um, again, you can check them out at pmreconference.com. We'll good. be there, booth 10. Come say hello to us. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be back in Northwest Ohio. This Sorry, is funny. Guys. We're hitting a little technical glitch. Craig. So both times Craig is frozen in a way that it looks like he's looking at me like with a, like he's like giving me this look like, what are you saying, Todd? So the thing about football, he was like frozen, like, like he had this angry face. And I was like, wow, Craig really likes football. I shouldn't have said that I offended him. And then you just froze there. And I was, and you made me second guess if I even said the right <laughs> you know, any of the right words, but I see that you were just frozen in both cases. So it's good to have you unfrozen now, Craig. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry about that. I've got really good internet. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> all right. <laughs> One more guys, the week before you guys all know him, Eli Jones, um, incredible individual. He's, he's put out a ton of training in the community. He's mm -hmm. trained probably half of y'all out there, if not more, <laughs> but he has this conference the week before. Uh, the rep conference, and uh, that is November 3rd and 4th. So his presenters are on as well. He's in Vegas. So just do them both in a row. Stay a couple days. I'm going to go in early. I'm going to be at both conferences. So um, there's a couple of overlap days in between. So let me know if you're staying in between. We'll go find something to do. Uh, I think Pete's going to be there with me. I know he's staying for both of them. So if you are staying for both of them, um, let me know. But rep, R-E-P-P, -P, that's Real Estate Photographer Pro. That's the course and the program that Eli has created. And uh, you can find it at Rep Conference and uh, you can book a ticket now. Uh, I think tickets to both events are selling quickly. So grab one, book your plane ticket too. save a little money, book it now before they go up. 
Yep. It'll be a good time to get some uh, further education for yourself and uh, meet other, other individuals in the industry and just, you know, exchange ideas, talk shop, uh, share horror stories, you know, all the fun stuff. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Exactly. All right. Well, Todd, we, uh, like, like we said at the beginning of the podcast, we have a topic this week suggested to us by one of our listeners, Cam, uh, who, who wrote this in, I'll let you set this up. Yeah. So, Cam gave me a few podcast ideas. Um, Thank you for those, Cam. And I had a great conversation with him and his brother, Matt. And he is, they're wanting to scale. He's wanting to scale. And just an idea of when to hire, who to hire, how do I structure the hiring? Um, You know, what happens if they're used, if my clients are used to me, will a new person be accepted? So we're going to cover all those. We're actually going to spend the most time probably on the last one. I have a few ideas. Well, the last two points. So the structure, the legal structure of how you hire, and then also, will your clients be okay with someone different showing up to the house if they're just used to you? Um, So we're going to spend some time on Yeah, that is a big one. Craig, you and I both experienced that and Mm -hmm. went through that and had to find pivots to that or had to find um, you had to just be okay with some of the um, some of the gaps that are in that process. So uh, you have to go through it if you want to scale your business. So uh, I'm excited to get to that one. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, let's let's start at the most basic, uh, you know, question of of this whole topic of hiring somebody when is the right time to hire somebody before we even talk about who to hire and you know, what skills are needed? When do you hire somebody, Todd? Yeah, great question. And Craig, let's, let's do a fun little game here. Let's, let's change this up. I didn't, I didn't warn you about this, but so y'all, we have some questions typed down here, like when to hire, who to hire, where do I find people? Craig and I have both gone through this. And mm-hmm. so, what, what, Craig, why don't we tell everybody what the question is? You say what what your exact experience was. I'll say what my exact experience was. They might be the same. They might be different. But at least they'll get our real world thinking of yeah. what we were going through when we scaled our business. All right, Todd. So when did you find it was finally time to hire somebody else to help you? Because you started by shooting. You, you were the original photographer, right? So what, mm-hmm. when was that point for you? Yeah. So for me, I had graduated from college. I had been shooting for two years at the time. I had about three brokerage deals. At that point, I just could not physically shoot all of the jobs. I had more jobs coming in. I hired a part-time buddy of mine, Ryan Lawrence, who's our head of production now. And he was a school teacher. He just worked for me in the summers. And that's what I, that's what I did to begin with. And that was my first hire. Um, Beyond that, I hired the second time real hires. Like Ryan had a second career and I knew it was just Mm -hmm. temporary for him to work with me in the summers. But my my next hires came when I was working probably 14 hours a day, 15 hours Mm -hmm. a day. And my bookkeeping was behind six months. That's when I knew... Yeah. I physically could not do it anymore. And my clients were starting to suffer. Uh, I could keep up with the shooting and I could keep up with the editing. I, I just worked the, the 14 to 16 hours a day, but I could not get to the bookkeeping. It wasn't good for me. It wasn't good for my clients. I hired somebody to help me with that. So I really, I might've pushed it too long, Craig. I don't know, but I personally, 
I like to really, really push it before I hire to make sure one, I understand that the growth sustainable Two, I know what I'm doing. Like I was mm. still perfecting systems back then. And when you mm. hire someone, you got to tell them what to do. So if you're still <laughs> figuring things out, it's, it's not going to be a great scenario. So I wanted to make sure that I had things figured out. Okay. So what about you? What about you, Craig? When did you, when did you hire? Yeah. So my, mine was slightly differently. There, I mean, there were some similarities, but when I, when I started my business before I joined the wow team, um, wow was actually a part of my business. Wow was, um, kind of the back end to my, my business. And I was the first beta tester for the Spiro software before it even had a name. So I had systems in place and I had training already. So I didn't have that headache that you dealt with, Todd. So I, I was able to get out there and, and really start shooting right away and, and had a good, you know, a good foundation right off the bat. So I, I was thankful for that. But um, it, it got to the same point where it was physically impossible for me to shoot everything that was starting to come in because my business in the Northwest Ohio area grew pretty quick. Um, a lot faster than I honestly than I expected, and I I hired a part time person uh, to take the overflow of what I couldn't get to. You know, once I filled up my day with appointments, then I would start to schedule jobs to uh, Becca, is who I hired, um, and she was actually my intern at a radio station that I used to manage. So I knew Becca's um, background, I knew her work ethic, and I knew she was going to be a great. Uh, addition to my team and really good with people. Um, so that that's when I hired somebody because what I was finding, especially during our, the busy season, during the summer, you know, here in Ohio is I was, I was booked all day shooting and I suddenly had no opportunity to really follow up with clients and have conversations, you know, check in with people, make sure they were happy, you know, get feedback, consult with them with further ideas. So during busy season, my sales effort or my, my consultation effort ceased. All I was doing was shooting and I hated that because I'm very relational in how I do my business. I, I'd like to make sure I'm taking good care of people. And if I'm not talking to people, and, and more importantly, if I'm not listening to people, I, I just, you, you lose that part of the relationship. And I knew I needed to get back to that. So I needed additional help. So that that's when I hired somebody. It was when one, I physically couldn't do all the jobs and two realized I'm having no conversations with clients and all I'm doing is shooting. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I did, Craig. I had the luxury of doing it almost before anyone else did it. So mm. when I was scaling, you know, 17 years ago, I was right out of college. I started 19 years ago, but I was two years in. Literally nobody was taking a camera, a video camera. I only did video at the time. So yeah. I had the luxury of, of people would just see me and it, it, it was the only game in town. Right. And so I had that luxury where I, I think you were very smart to manage and, and know you had to build the relationships. Uh, you still didn't have as much competition as out there in the market today, but you did have competition. Right. Yeah. And uh, it, was, it was good of you to sense that you needed to build those relationships. So we, we kind of know based on our experiences, roughly when you need to hire somebody, but every business is going to be a little bit different and you might need help in a different area than what we did. Um, so the, the next question, Todd, would be then, okay, well, who do I hire? Yeah. So for me, I, like I said, I, I hired Ryan, who was a photographer. I just had the jobs coming in. 
if I were to do it again today, uh, I mean, I love Ryan. I hired him full time. He, he helps run WoW. But I would make sure that I am outsourcing my editing. Uh, again, mm. 17 years ago, you didn't outsource editing. It didn't exist. If it did, I didn't know about it. We were editing everything on our own. That would be the first money that I spend. And I would find a good partner and an editor. I would find a good partner and a virtual assistant uh, that could help me with some of those tasks. Um, that would be my first hire today. Um, back then, like I mentioned, I hired a photographer because I had more jobs that I could physically shoot. Mm. And then I hired a bookkeeper to come on and make sure that um, I had good structural uh, foundation, a good structural foundation to the books and that I was just, everything was healthy. So that's who I hired. What about you, Craig? Uh, well, it's kind of funny. Again, uh, different experience. But what you just suggested is actually now that I think about it, my first hire was not Becca, a photographer. It was actually WoW Video Tours because mm -hmm. WoW did my editing for me. And that mm -hmm. allowed me to scale from doing like, I think I was doing two shoots a day and then going home and editing and turning those around the next business day to then when mm -hmm. I hired my outsourced editor, um, I was able to do six to seven shoots a day. So yeah, mm -hmm. that made a mm -hmm. massive, massive uh, impact on my business. So then my second hire would have been another photographer. So yeah, good, good point there. Awesome. Okay, Craig, what about uh, where did you find, you mentioned this, but where did you find people? You, you hired a few, so it might, I know you knew Becca, but where did you find people? And you're related to me, so that's where you found me. Right, um. right. <laughs> we're we're in-laws for those of you that you're watching and, yeah. and, uh, and listening. Um, so where did I find people? Yeah, like I said, my very first uh, uh, photographer hire was a former intern in another career field. Um, but then my second photographer that I'd hired was actually suggested to me, referred to me by one of my clients. Um, mm. my, my very first client, uh, uh, was also a campus pastor at a, a local church. And he had this young guy on his media team that helped run camera that was looking for, um, you know, some part-time work and loved good, you know, good media, photography, video, and uh, introduced mm -hmm. me to Kenan and, you know, talked with him and I really liked Kenan, you know, saw some of his work. And, and, uh, so it was just, it was a referral from a client for me. Um, and those are the only two people that besides, wow, that, that I actually hired. I, I was more boutique. I, I got to a certain point where I didn't really grow my team beyond that. But that's that's a whole different podcast discussion on mm -hmm. how how much do you want to grow? <laughs> yeah, for us, we so naturally when we are small, I hired people I knew. So Ryan was best friends with him. He was my roommate in college. So, mm. uh, you know, I'd grown up with him in school, went to college with him. And uh, so I hired him and he was the first person that when I knew I had the business, I hired him then. And he had uh, stepped away from his teaching career and came on and has been with WOW since. Um, Derek was, uh, my next hire. I actually had hired his, his, who was now wife, uh, Liz. Uh, I knew her from somewhere in the community. Um, she, she had done something with Nick Kellis, who was on a couple of podcasts ago. So my first hires were people I knew. And then Derek would come around because he was dating Liz and Derek and I got to talking. Um, so beyond that, I, I don't always recommend, I think it's good to start with people who, you know, but now we've hired over a hundred photographers over the years. And we've probably had about, you know, 
75 employees over the years. Um, you know, well, maybe not that many. Anyways, we have a staff of 16 right now. Um, we're a little bit smaller because of the market. But the way that we do it from a just a business standpoint is we still find uh, we still have good luck with Indeed. Um, mm. We we use that when it works in our area. I know Facebook has um, some job posting and there's some other sites out there. But primarily when we have an open position, we post it on Indeed. Um, we there, I will say there is something about having a correct job posting. We've learned over the years of what a job posting should be, what it should contain, what it should not contain, hmm. um, how to attract applicants. Um, you know, I, I, it would be fun to go back and read some of the first job postings we put out there because it, how people replied to them, I have no clue, but you know, they, <laughs> they gave us a shot. Um, well, but, let, let um, me, let me, let me pick your brain on that then real quick. You just, you just said two things, what to include in a job posting and what not to include. So just, just for a bonus here, what do you not include in a job posting that I'm kind of curious now? Yeah. Well, you, it, when you hire someone, it's all about just setting proper expectations and making sure that they can come and succeed at your company. Mm -hmm. And when you transition from just a small little family company to more of a company where people you're you're attracting individuals to maybe um, to leave a different career and come to you, mm -hmm. you know, they want to see that you have foundational pieces. They want to see that you're a sound business. Um, they want to see growth. They want to see that you're not stagnant. We found that. And, and that's not true for every applicant, but a lot of the applicants, and especially when we grew, we knew we had to find people that were, that wanted to grow because yeah. growth means that you're going to screw things up. It means that yeah. there's going to be a lot of change. Uh, we found out that our core values were important. Uh, you know, people want yeah. to come in and know what you stand for. Um, you know, they don't want to know about just, um, you know, the family feel only goes so far and you and you have to use it as far as you can. But you do owe it to the people that work for you to have structural pieces in your company, um, an idea of what the job description is going to be, clear expectations of their duties, what mm -hmm. the hours are, what the pay is. You need to be competitive with pay. Can you do health care? Uh, is it a 1099 position? Do you do a 401k? What are your benefits? That was another thing. People asked me, started to ask me very early on was the benefits. I was like, oh, well, you know, we, uh, you know, I'd stutter because we didn't have mm. anything. It's like, oh yeah, I think I'm fun to work with, <laughs> which I, which, which I wasn't when we were scared. Yeah. Well, sometimes, but yeah, th those are all the things that you need to make sure you have. And even just like in the interview process, Craig, like we have set questions that we always ask in the interview mm. and you do that to be consistent with all of your interviews. And then you, we have multiple people interview them throughout the process. They ask the same questions. They give a rating and they rate the applicant. This all comes back to, uh, you know, a small committee that looks over it. So all of those things are important. I didn't do a lot of them at first and we still are not perfect with hiring, but those are a lot of the things that you really owe your applicants. And it's easy to find just going indeed and search for your competition or search in another industry and, mm -hmm. and just take inspiration from their job posting and, right. um, you know, kind of mimic those, those categories. Right. So indeed Facebook, um, you know, you might have state organizations or labor boards that you can, you can yeah. share jobs to. Um, lot, mm. Lots of different options to, to get word out about what the role is that you're looking for. Let, let yeah, me go schools, back. You meant, 
Sorry, you mentioned, yeah. you know, um, you know, with Kenan and, and I know he's at your church, but I don't know if he was just coming out of a, of a, of a media school, but there are, we've had a lot of media schools approach us over the years and say, Hey, can, mm -hmm. can you put something together that, that would just show our students that there's a career in real estate photography? And could we partner with you to potentially send, um, you know, new grads your way? Um, mm -hmm. but that, that's another thought schools that are local to you. Sorry, Craig, you were going to yeah. say something. Yeah, no, I was just going to go back real quick and, and mention a couple other types of roles that you might consider hiring when, when you're thinking about your growth plan. And that's also your your sales team or your your business development team um, and, mm -hmm. and a bookkeeper. I, Todd, you mentioned, uh, you know, being behind six months on the books and I'm not I, I don't like crunching numbers either. I would spend my mm -hmm. Saturday mornings working on books because I just didn't have time for it during the week. And I, I can think of about 20 million other things on a Saturday morning I'd rather be doing <laughs> than, yeah. uh -huh. than crunching numbers. But that's kind of a critical part of, of, of your business. So finding somebody uh, to help you manage the financial side of your business would be critically important mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, segment along, get to progress at it. Um, yeah, but yeah. For, for now, um, or, or now, I mean, Spiro does it all for us or most of it. Yeah. So, I mean, we still bring, we still bring the data back and we run a PNL, you know, you have to reconcile your expenses, mm -hmm. but it's, it's a lot more systemized now. Um, the invoicing right. is done automatically. Um, so a lot of that can be streamlined. Um, right. I was just create, still creating these things, you know, 17 years ago. Right. Right. Okay. Something else you said, Let, let's, let's tackle another question in the hiring process. You mentioned uh, whether bringing somebody on as a full-time employee, a W-2 or a contractor mm -hmm. at a 1099 here in the U S um, what, what do you have to evaluate to determine whether, you know, what path you're going to take on the type of person you're bringing on? Yeah. Basically this boils down to uh, control. Do you need control over that individual? Uh, just a disclaimer here. I am not an attorney. So <laughs> take this advice with a grain of salt. Um, we've worked with both W2 and 1099. Um, we've had a lot of dealings and I've had a lot of conversations with attorneys um, about it. I've read the rules. Every state has a list of probably 20 um, items that, uh, can or cannot qualify a person to be a 1099 or, or an employee. Basically, what it comes down to is if you are going to tell that person what to do, where to be, how to do it, um, then they're probably an employee. Hmm. If you are um, going to contract with an individual and they have control, they can tell you yes or no on a job. They have control to say this job is X versus that job is Y. They set everything about their own business. You're simply just hiring them to perform a service for you. Then you could probably prove that they're a contractor. Um, on this one, you need to you need to just pony up and maybe talk to an attorney um, to get a good idea. But if you need to control that person, you know, you arrive at nine, these are the items that you do. This is the way you answer the phone. This is the way you do all these items. Then, uh, they're probably an employee. Good insight, Todd. Yeah. De definitely things you have to consider when, when you're determining the type of role that, that you're bringing on. Mm -hmm. Um, so good stuff, mm -hmm. good stuff. All right. Now the question we hinted to it, it well, it wasn't a hint. We just said uh, outright, this is probably the, the one that we want to talk about the most is the question of when, when you're considering hiring somebody, 
and you've worked with your clients for say a year, two years, three years, and they've gotten used to you. They've developed the mm -hmm. relationship with you. The question of, will my clients ever be satisfied with anyone but me? I have the relationship with the client. This is a hard one, Todd. This is a tough one. And this was, um, and I don't know that it necessarily has to be a tough one if you do it correctly, because this happens in business all the time. Hmm. You know, there is typically a salesperson in a process and that's the person that the client has a relationship with. And it's very common that someone else comes and does the work. Um, you know, we typically are one man bands, especially when we start and we're also the creators. So it's close to us. Uh, if, if we weren't creators, it would not be difficult. You know, if, if hmm. you came from a different industry and you came in with more of a systems brain or, you know, not a creative brain, it would be very simple for you because you weren't attached to the product. Um, hmm. Us as creators being attached to the product, it's different because we think only we can create it. And this is going to sound terrible, but I don't care how good you are. Someone else can create that. Hmm. You know, they can do it. And quite honestly, they can probably do it better in time because they're hmm. not so attached to it. That's what yeah. I found as employees and contractors came on over the years is it's like, wow, they're doing it better than me. Um, you have to find the right individual. The big thing is, and this is my big point for this is you have to train them to be you. <laughs> if, if you, if you don't, they don't have to look and sound like you. They don't have to say the same things, but they have to perform the service to an adequate level. They have to meet the expectations of the client and all will be well. It's, it's all guys, guys and girls out there. It's all about managing your client's expectations. I, yeah. I was reading a book and they, they gave an example and this individual, and I forget what it was, what the book was. If I remember, I'll put in the show notes, but individual changed the barbershops that they went to and went to the new one and had this great experience walked in uh, they were greeted uh, at at the door um, they uh, were told how long it would be before they went back they were offered something to drink you know water refreshments and uh, you know in the time that they in less than the time that they expected to go back and, and sit in the chair uh, they were called. Uh, the person who was cutting their hair came and greeted them, uh, you know, warm towel in the face, um, talked to them um, and set this great experience. Mm -hmm. And the, the, the person was blown away with it. It's like, this is great. And then they went back, they rebooked because they loved the experience. They went back the second time and there was no one at the door that greeted them. They sat down, they waited a little bit longer than they would have anticipated they were offered a, you know they were offered a soft drink or water um, no warm towel um, and the experience was so different that expectations were just it was such a letdown and and that is what you have to manage when you send somebody else into the listing for you is you you it's a you thing not a them thing what are you doing? And I found this out the hard way because I found out over the years, like, oh, I do that little thing. 
Like, oh, I do. Oh, I move those things. Oh, I clean that up. Oh, I took the sweeper out. I moved the beds. I made the bed. Like, oh, Todd, you really set the next individual up to fail because you actually told them not to do that. Mm-mm. Well, if that's what your clients were used yeah. to, it's not that they dislike the person that you sent. It's just that you did not train the individual to deliver the expectations of the client that you had already been delivering. Hmm. So, you know, while Ryan has done a fabulous job with this and probably because he experienced it from me to him, because he would walk in after me or in place of me. And, and Ryan's got an incredible personality and people love him. Um, but he was like, oh, Todd did that. And he would pick up on it really quick and he would do it. But then I hired Ryan to write the book of how we train, which is hundreds of pages. And it is that way because now we have 24 photographers that walk in and they're all their own personality, but Mm -hmm. they deliver the same experience. Y'all, we literally, and I've said this on the podcast before, we literally train our photographers on how to turn on and off light switches. Yeah. Like as crazy as that sounds, we tell them how to turn on and off light switches because we've been there, done that. When you flip on a switch and you don't think it does anything, but you actually flipped on a gas fireplace. <laughs> and if you don't, <laughs> yeah, and if you don't flip that sucker off in July <laughs> and you leave the house and the homeowner comes back and it's 87 degrees in their house. And there's a fire running with unattended. And there's a fire running unattended. Yeah. 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 I'll wear that badge of failure. We did that. (laughs) We learned from it because we didn't tell our individuals what to look for. We always look for it. Flip it on. Does it do anything? If not, flip it off. It's that simple. Just tell them and your clients really will be fine. You might have like a 1% fallout rate. You might, and you just have to, you have to deal with that because in order to grow a hundred percent, you might lose 1%. That's a good trade off y'all, but you got to train your people. So sorry, long winded Craig. What you've trained some people, you have people in place. What, what did, what was your experience with people not getting you? I I'm going to be honest. My, mine was harder because I, even though I, I tried my best to train to, to the, you know, the, the way that you, you just explained light switches, you know, moving garbage cans, the, you know, little things that you do to, to make the picture better, um, the, how to compose the photo, you know, the angles that we're looking for, things like I tried all of that and I still had a hard time with, with a, a small handful. It, it might not mm-hmm. have been 1%. It might've been a little bit more, but I still had some clients. Let me, let me go to the positive side first. I don't want to lead with negative. Quite a few of my clients, a good, a good majority really liked the, the new hire that I brought in to shoot their, their property. Mm-hmm. Um, the quality of the photos was, was what they expected. Um, they were pleasant in person, you know, inter- interacted well. So for the majority uh, of my clients, they, they accepted it. Um, and they still got me once in a while as well. And I would still check in with them. So I still was, I was able to maintain that relationship, which was my goal was to be able to talk with them and not, not be so busy that I couldn't even talk to them. Mm-hmm. So th- that helped be, you know, being able to continue to do business development and, c- and consulting with them. But I, admittedly, then let me go then to the, the challenging side. I still had a small handful of, of very, um, very good clients but very demanding and just had it in their head 
that the new photographer just didn't shoot the same way I did. You know, they're, mm -hmm. they're showing too much ceiling. I, I can remember this one experience spe specifically that she insisted I come out and reshoot the photos. And I looked at them and I, I told the client, I said, I, I'm just going to be honest with you. This is exactly how I would shoot this. And here's why. And I explain why. Mm -hmm. Some clients are just going to have it stuck in their head that because it's not you, it's not the same. Now, it could yeah. be little things that, you know, one thing I do is I'll tell the homeowner if if they're there, hey, you made a great choice in choosing, you know, so-and-so realtor. You know, I've, I've worked with them for a number of years and they, they go all out to really visually market your your uh, your home well. So you, you've made a great choice because I'm also I'm not just their photographer. I'm their marketing consultant. I'm trying to help them build mm -hmm. their business. Now, that's because that, that was my business and I was adding that value to them as part of their team. And to, to ask a contractor to do that or an employee that doesn't have the same necessarily vested interest in the business that I do as the owner, that can be a challenge. But if you find the right people, they're going to catch that culture and understand the why of what you're doing and, and what you're saying and how you're representing your client at that appointment. That was also a long-winded answer. Did that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does. And, you know, my devil's advocate would be just all those little things just train on it. You know, yeah. that's, yeah. they, they might not say it the same way you would say it, Craig, but if you right. role play in those, they'll, they'll get it out. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I know we've done a lot of that over the years and some of the language that we use in difficult situations, houses not being ready, um, you know, things like that, um, is the same things that Ryan and myself used to say, and we've, we've practiced with them over the years. Sure. Um, but I would agree with you that there is just something about working with the owner, the creator of the business. And you will, you just will lose some people who want to work mm. with the owner. And that's really where you have to decide what your goals are of a company. Cause at yeah. that point, if you want to, to dig in and become this niche boutique business, it could be a really cool business. You could three X your prices, and you could still yeah. grow. Yeah. You know, growing doesn't mean more jobs. That's what it meant for me at WOW. It doesn't mean, it doesn't have to mean that for you. It could mean 3X your ASP. You know, right. it's all growth. Just what do you want? You know, right. it's your business. It, yep. The business works for you to achieve your personal goals. Write them down, set them, and then put a plan together to achieve, you know, so that your business can work for you. Not you, not the other way around, not you for it. Right. Right. Great insight. Um, yeah, uh, not a whole lot more to add. So can, can we kind of wrap this up and summarize the things that that you need to take into consideration when hiring? Yeah. Okay, let's yeah, go let's through this again. Now. Okay, so number one, decide when is the right time to hire somebody? Yeah. N number two, who is it that I need to hire? What's what's the role? And, and who, you know, what's the type of person I'm looking for? So when, who, where you got to decide where am I going to advertise this? Mm -hmm. These are all good W's here. So when, who, where now the, the next one, the fourth thing to consider employee or contractor, you got to decide mm -hmm. on that. Um, and then finally your strategy on how you're going to make that transition to introducing a new employee, especially a photographer, uh, to your clients. Good yeah. summary. Yeah. Yeah. And that one probably starts with, and this is a pun off the book, Simon Sinek, but starts with why, 
put yeah. the why before all those. Why do you want to do it? Do you want to grow because you want to shoot 12,000 jobs a year or 120,000 jobs a year? Or do you just want to shoot 1,200 a year, but you want to increase your, your, you know, your standard of living? So start with why and then go through all those. I think it's a great summary, Craig. There you go. All right. Good topic. Again, thank you to Cam for uh, asking that question. And uh, if you have a question about uh, uh, the business side of real estate photography and, and video, maybe it's bookkeeping. <laughs> we've, we've done uh, an episode on that. No, don't, don't. We'll just reject the email. If, if you have bookkeeping <laughs> in it, I'm just, it's, there's going to be auto response. It just sends it back. We'll link, we'll link them to the previous episode we did on that with there Derek. You go. <laughs> we, we have covered that. It's topic. important. It's important. Yeah, it is. It is. But anyway, if you have a business question that you'd like to see us address, uh, drop us an email. Hello at Spiro.media. And uh, just like Cam, we will, uh, we will tackle that and hopefully provide some, some valuable information to help you grow in your business. Yeah. And if, if you guys are looking for a platform, uh, if you, are, um, you know, wanting some of those things done for you. Like we have the track we've built it over the last 19 years with Spiro. So yes, this is a shameless pitch, but <laughs> once you get in there and Craig, Craig showed this with some of his, his examples today, like he was able to run, you know, I was already in the business for 12 years before and he had started up, he gained all my knowledge. Mm -hmm. So you get that all in Spiro. It's like, you know, invoicing, you don't have to do anymore. Uh, you know, photographers, it's set up so that you could have contractors or W2. And con if you treat them like contractors, they're really set up like contractors. They have control. Uh, there's so much in there. Try it out. Spiro.media, free to sign up, book a call with me, visit us or email me. Hello at Spiro.media. All right. Good deal. Todd, thanks for everything you shared this week. And uh, we hope that that you found benefit to this. And we just want to, you know, encourage you take time to just really be thankful for the blessings in your life and your business, your family, your personal life, whatever it is. And also make sure you take a breath this week. Have a great week. Thank you for joining us for the Spiro podcast, managing your real estate photography and videography business. This is a production of Spiro and Wow Video Tours. You can find out more about Spiro's real estate media business management software at our website, spiro.media.